Farmers National Company has estimated that 70% of farmland will transfer ownership over the next 20 years. Buying farmland is one of the biggest hurdles young farmers face. Farmland is expensive and the transactions are complicated. Pennsylvania FarmLink is a nonprofit dedicated to linking farmers to the future. They accomplish this through an online database linking young farmers to land that's available and by offering educational workshops for landowners and beginning farmers. My name is Chris Torres and welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. In this episode, we will talk to Michelle Kirk of Pennsylvania FarmLink. She gives her take on farmland succession planning, young farmers getting into the business, and the services Pennsylvania FarmLink offers. Thanks for listening. And here's our conversation with Michelle Kirk. Michelle Kirk, thanks for being on the Young Farmer Podcast today. Happy to be here with you. Thanks. Okay. What, what's your What's your background? Uh, my background, I grew up on a hog farm in Chester County. And then um, I met my husband and graduated over to living on a beef cattle farm. And at that point, it was pasture to plate, everything. There was a butcher shop on the farm. Everything went right through the butcher shop to re- retail to the public. And then uh, we moved from Chester County to Adams County and turned into a cow-calf operation. And we did that until my husband passed away in 2015, and then I had the farm till 2016. And did you end up having children then with your husband? Yeah, we have one son. One son, He's, okay. Yeah. And what does he do? He actually works in, in um, the automotive sector. He, he, um, he works back in Chester County. He moved back there after he got out of high school. All right, so Michelle, um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely a, uh, a challenging time for for farmers across the board with you know with dairy and uh, beef, and you can go through every single sector and find the the struggles that farmers are going through. But um, you know, in terms of this program, in terms of Farm Link, you have a unique mission. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about the mission of uh, Pennsylvania Farm Link. Sure. So uh, Farm Link is a nonprofit. We've been around since 1994. And our mission is to link farmers to the future, um, trying to get the next generation of farmers up and running and into the agricultural industry in whatever fashion we can can do to help them. Can you tell me a little bit about the beginnings of FarmLink and uh, and and who were sort of like the the players in, in getting this and getting this program going, and and, and sort of what the what the uh, the reasoning was for getting the the, the program going. I think there was a need um, to, to have a program in place to help young farmers and help with, so we're kind of a twofold, two of our focuses is succession planning and, and getting young farmers started. So it kind of go hand in hand because there needs to be the next generation there to take over for those transitioning out of farming. Um, and I think there was just a need for that. So um, a group of people got together and formed a nonprofit. We do work very closely with the Department of Agriculture, and we have we do workshops. We have our online database, and we have certified transition specialists that sit down with farm families to help walk them through the succession process. Um, so, in terms of in terms of your your educational resources, in terms of succession planning and all that sort of thing, how how do you actually how how do you do that? Do you do that through through live workshops? Do you do have you had to to transform to online workshops now with with this whole pandemic going on? That is something that we are discussing. Um, luckily, we have we always have a farm succession workshop in the very early spring every year. Um, this year, it happened to be on February. 22nd, I believe it was. So we got it in just before everything went crazy. Um, 
so we were glad to have that in place and, and we, we did an in-person workshop. We use, um, we worked with Ag Choice Farm Credit and used their video conferencing capabilities. So we were able to have one workshop, but at four locations across Pennsylvania. <clears throat> so, but yes, we have discussed how we're going to hold workshops moving forward because we do beginning farmer workshops as well. And those are usually held in the fall and, you know, being unsure of, of what that's going to look like. We've discussed whether we do webinars, if we do online things, we're, we're trying to bounce around some ideas and see where we go from here. You know, when you do, I, I've done many stories on farm succession planning. Um, you know, there's many stories on farm progress, um, on farm succession planning. It's, it's sort of an ongoing issue. Um, but, you know, when you talk to farmers who are in the middle of a, of a succession plan, what are some of the things that, what are some of the resources that they're, that farmers look for? What are some of the, 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 you know, it could be, it's such a complicated process. And I know that, that it goes from farm to farm. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, what one farm needs is not the same as what another farm needs. But across the board, you know, can you give me a couple of ideas of, of what farms, farmers, when they're, when they're in their succession planning, what, what they're actually um, looking for, advice they're looking for, or resources they're looking for? Um, one of the big things, of course, is, is financial um, resources and advice, how to make it work so that there's enough money there for both the senior generation to continue living in retirement and for the next generation to get up and running. That's the, the number one biggest, <coughs> biggest hurdle that families face. Um, so we try to to work with them and go over finances, and we usually bring in a financial person and sit sit down and direct them. You know, we we work as a team. We we try to have someone from FarmLink as a coordinator, and then we have a financial person to focus on on that because that's their specialty. And then you know we always make sure that they have an an ag based accountant and attorney look at everything. Um, but yeah, financial is always the, the biggest, the biggest hurdle and, and resources that they're looking for. Other than that, some, um, sometimes the next generation is looking to expand. So again, the financial end comes into that, but they're also looking for land. So we try to help them with that or they're just looking to diversify and add something to the farm to help keep it going and, and have that the financial resources there for both generations. I know the emotional pro the the emotional part of this, um, you know, um, is a big thing. Um, you know, you have a, there's a lot of emotions in some of these transactions. Can can you talk a little bit about about some of the about some of the the, the emotions you know that that um, that go with this sort of this sort of planning? You know, it's a, it's a very unique thing. I know, um, you know. Um, a lot of farmers who are who are close to that age where they have to make that decision, a lot of them, you know, maybe don't want to um, face that decision where they're eventually going to have to retire or eventually going to have to, you know, um, face the fact that they're not, um, that, you know, face the fact that they're that they're only human and that they're, you know, they're not immortal. You know, they're going to have to have some plan for the future. But talk to me a little bit about um, the emotions and 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 how um, and and how in in your succession planning workshops and all that sort of thing, how, how you try to communicate to farmers about you know um, how to deal with that in in looking at this as a business transaction. Right, it is. You're absolutely correct. It's very emotional <clears throat> because the senior generation, for the most part. They have done nothing else their entire life. They have worked. A lot of them started on their own parents' farm and then went to their own operation. And this is their life. It's their identity. It's who they are. And that's how, how most farmers are. They don't, you know, most of the senior generation now that's going out, they've they've been on the farm. They don't have an off-farm job as well as the farm, which 
a lot of younger younger farmers are having to do both. But the senior generations that we have now, they've they've been on the farm and that's that's it's their whole identity and they it terrifies them to not have that to cling to, which is totally understandable. I, you know, I was a farmer for over 20 years and when I wasn't farming anymore, I had no idea what I was gonna do. So I, I totally understand where they're coming from and we just try to try to let them see that there's there's other things to life. There's, you know, take this time, you know, relax, take the time to do things that you never were able to do while you were farming because it demanded you to be there 24-7. Take trips, take vacations, you know, spend time with family, do the fun stuff that you didn't have time to do. So we try to try to focus on that, that there is, you know, more out there than than just the farm. And communication is is key for the, the senior generation to communicate to the younger generation how they're feeling. And, you know, we try to make sure that the younger generation doesn't push the senior generation out. We try to stress that, you know, keep them involved somehow, whether it's just there as an advisor, if they're, you know, if they're still able to work on the farm, have them come in, you know, let them make their own hours. But, you know, if they want to come in and help with, mowing hay or if they want to come in in the fall and help chop corn for silage let them do that if they want to be there to check cows for calving if it's a beef operation or if they want to help do one milking a day you know let them do it let them still still be involved and be a part don't completely shut them out of it tell me a little bit about your story about how um you know once you once you once you get out of farming um finding that that next sort of career the next chapter in your life i mean how how were you able to do it yeah, it was um, it was definitely a scary time. I had no idea what I was going to do. Like I said, I had I had been farming for over twenty years, over half my life. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of experience doing anything else. So um, it was just kind of dumb luck. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, and I saw the post on Facebook from FarmLink that they were looking for someone and. I didn't have a whole lot of experience with office type work, but they said they wanted someone that had a farm background and I had that. So I took a chance and put together a resume that didn't have a whole lot on it, but it all worked out. And, and here I am. What do you think he would have done if you, if you wouldn't have, uh, if you wouldn't have come to farm link? I don't know. I really, really don't know. I had, you know, considered, Maybe, um, you know, I had for our own farm, I had taken the nutrient management courses. So I had a little bit of background there. So I thought maybe I would, you know, try to become a certified nutrient management person to write nutrient nutrient management plans. But I definitely wanted to do something that was still involved with agriculture because, again, it was my identity. And, you know, I wasn't farming wasn't just my job. It was who I was. So on the flip side, um, let's talk a little bit about beginning farmers and some of the things, some of the the resources, and 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 uh, and some of the um, some of the things that that are on the minds of beginning farmers. Because of course, you know, one of the main one of the main purposes of your organization is actually linking farmers who have a piece of property to beginning farmers who are looking for a piece of property, you know, who are looking right. for a farm to actually purchase. So tell me some of the things on the beginning farmer side that you actually um, provide for them. Yeah, land access is the number one concern for, for new and beginning farmers. So we have our online database where um, we try to link up new and beginning farmers with those who are, are trying to transition out on the database. 
it's kind of twofold. Both landowners can list their land opportunity on there, what they have and, you know, what's available, whether, and they can put as much information or as little on there. And then on the flip side, a new and beginning farmer can also put their own listing that they're looking for land and what they're looking for and a little bit about themselves. So if there is a landowner that isn't necessarily ready to list it, but they are looking for someone, they can go on our website and find a farmer and, and get in contact with them. So um, when you go on the website under our, our database, it's um, there's find a farm and find a farmer. So it's it's kind of unique in that way that, that, that it's got both, both kinds of listings. Sure. And, um, you know, I was, I was looking at some of the listings today and they really, um, they really vary. You have small farms, yes. you know, less than 10 acres all the way, you know, to, to farms that are a couple hundred acres, you know, right. find, finding a farm, um, finding a farm is one thing, being able to actually, um, to get the farm, to purchase the farm is another thing. So, so what yes. sort of, so, so what sort of things, um, in terms of resources that beginning farmers are really looking for, um, what sort of things are they looking for in terms of, you know, financial help and all that sort of thing, or, or just trying to go through that transaction? Cause it's not, not a simple transaction at all. Correct. It's not simple at all. What we find, um, with many of our new and beginning farmers, they're not in a place to purchase right now. So most of them are looking to lease. So, um, and we do actually have a lot of land owners who are, are okay with that. They're, they're okay with just leasing or a lease to own, lease to purchase options. So that's, that's good if we can get them to work together that way. And again, it, it all goes back to financials and we tell new and beginning farmers to, to try to make sure that they have minimum debt load, you know, keep the credit card bills low, keep their bills paid, keep, you know, keep their credit score up so that when time comes to apply for a loan, they, they can actually qualify and have that resource available to them if they want to purchase and if they're able to purchase. And if they have a lot of cash, it's probably the best way. <laughs> yeah, that would be the best way. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. How many, how many of these, um, you know, in, in terms of, of listings, you know, how, how many listings do you get in a, in a, in a, in a given year? It varies really um, from year to year. I've been with farmland for three years and some years it gets, you know, we get quite a few, um, usually in the spring is our busiest time for new listings because people are, you know, late, late winter, early, when I say spring, I mean like March, people are starting to realize, well, I'm not really sure if I want to do this another year. So, you know, they, they decide to list it and, and get somebody in there if they can for, for that growing season. Um, but yeah, it just, it just varies widely with, with listings, do you have any? Do you? Do you I mean, does FarmLink has FarmLink formed any any um, any any sort of um, uh, relationships with with groups like Farm Bureau or the Pennsylvania Association for Sustainable Agriculture? Any other types of uh, types of partnerships that you formed to actually um, you know get your word out and actually um, you know um, say to them you know this is this is a place where you can where you can actually find. Land where farmers can actually find a property to farm, we have this for you. You know, here you go. You know, partner with us, and we can we can provide this service for you. Yeah, we actually work really closely with with Farm Bureau, with PASA, with Rodale, and we have representatives from all those organizations that have a seat on our board. Ag Choice as well. Um, trying to think, um, 
So we have a, a varied board of directors that are there and, and they help us get our word out. We have ag attorneys that are on the board as well. So we can get some ad- advice from them to help our, our new and beginning farmers and, and our succession planners as well. So, so yeah, we try to work really closely with all of those groups. Any trends you're seeing in terms of, you know, are, are you seeing more farms? Are you seeing more farmers actually, um, you know, taking advantage of the service? How about beginning farmers? Are you seeing more beginning farmers getting into this and, and taking advantage of the service? What sort of trends are you seeing over the, over the past several years that you've been with FarmLink? Um, I'd say it's held about steady. Um, I don't know that it's really gone. It kind of goes up and down throughout the year, but I, but I think, you know, our numbers have pretty much held steady. Um, right now it's a challenging time because we have some beginning farmers who are interested in some of our landowners, but with the virus, the landowners are hesitant to have anyone come there in public and meet in person and, and see the farm, show them the farms in person. So that's been a little bit of a challenge right now. Um, especially with the time of year, you know, the farmers need to get, it's actually getting late now for them to get things planted and in the ground. So, so that, but we did, um, my coworker who manages the database, she let us know last week we had a new match. So that was good in the, it was believe in the, um, in the Carlisle area. So that, that was good. Good to know that there's still some progress being made while the world is shut down. Sure. You know, in terms of the, in terms of, uh, um, in terms of the links, do you have any success stories, any, any unique success stories from the time that you've been, you've been with farm link that you like to share? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Um, I know we have some, and this is something we have discussed in amongst uh, coworkers that we need to get some some uh, s- stories from people who have made matches so that we can share that with others. That's kind of one of our our spots we need to to follow up on. And lots of times it's hard to know if we've got a, if matches were made or not because when we so everything is kept confidential. And when someone is interested in a listing, so say if you were interested in a listing for a landowner, we would have you send us a cover letter and resume, which we then forward on to the landowner um, with your contact information. And then if the landowner is interested in working with you, they contact you directly and we are out of the middle of it. Um, We don't always get notifications from the farmer or the landowner that a match was made. (laughs) So, and lots of times the landowners will leave their listing on our database in case for some reason things don't work out so that they don't have to pay the listing fee, take it off and then pay the listing fee again. They, they leave it on there and leave it active. Right. And so, the listing fee is $100, so right? $100. It's only a one-time fee um, for as long as the listing is active. And we just require a yearly update. And sometimes in those yearly updates, we, they say, yeah, we, we made a match, but we want to leave it on there anyhow. So, right. Interesting. Um, so that's interesting. So you link them and then, you know, once you link them and, and, and they contact each other, you pretty much just get out of the way. We do. Yeah. We let them, we try to give them the resources. We, you know, let them know, they need to be sure they get a, a, a lease in writing. That's one of the number one rules, and a lot of farmers don't do it, but it's very, very important to have your lease, have it in writing, have a lawyer look over it to, to make sure it's good. Make sure, And I know this sounds like it's an obvious point, but be sure both landowner and farmer sign it. 
because if both don't sign it, then, you know, it's, it's really not legally binding and, and be sure that both have a copy. You know, it sounds like it would be obvious, but there, there's been examples where it, it hasn't happened that way. Sure. This is a young farmer podcast, and we really um, and we really focus on, on on issues young farmers are dealing with, and uh, you know, trying to give them the tools um, to go out and uh, and be successful. But I guess from your standpoint, um, you know, what sort of you know young farmers, people who are, who are really um, excited about the business and want to make this a future, um, you know, when they get to that point where they actually want to buy their own property or lease land, lease you know more land from from a farmer, what sort of th- things do you think um, they should they should be prepared with um, you know if you can give any advice to to young farmers out there that that, that are ready to make that transaction and and ready to lease acreage or, or even buy a farm you know what, what what are some of the things that that they need to be prepared with prepared for they should definitely have a business plan in place and that I know that gets stressed a lot, but it, it's very important. And we don't require it with when we're, with our matching service, but we do have several landowners who have asked for them in the past. So, you know, having a business plan in place so they can see, okay, this person does have it together. They know, you know, what they want to do. Um, the other thing is to know what kind of crops you want to grow, know what kind of lo- livestock you want to raise and research them. If, if you didn't grow up with it, when you grow up, around ag, you know, there's a lot of information that's just instilled in you that you just learn instinctively from being around it. But if you haven't grown up on a farm, do the research, know the requirements for fertilizers and know soil types, understand what those soil types require. Livestock, understand, you know, what they need nutrition-wise and how to treat them, any diseases that they may be susceptible to, you know, have that stuff so that you know and just do the research. And there's always going to be things that you don't know. You can't learn everything, obviously. But um, just, you know, know, know what you want to do. Don't, don't go in there and just think, oh, you know, I'll try this. And because it's not going to look good to the landowner, if you're leasing, they're going to say, okay, this person doesn't know what they want to do. You know, what are, what are they doing to my farm? And, you know, is, is this what I want to do? And they might not continue, you know, they might not want to continue your lease after a year because a lot, a lot of landowners are only going to write their leases year to year. Right. We do suggest trying to get long-term leases. Um, but when you're going into a new farm for the first time, you're probably only going to get a year to year for probably the first year or two till they see what kind of farmer you are, how, how good of a steward you are for their land and how you take care of things. Right. And we also suggest, you know, do, do things that, will help the landowner understand that you care for that land, keep the weeds around the fields trimmed. Um, and some, some common sense things, you know, pay attention to holidays. And so if 4th of July is coming up and you really need to, if you have a livestock operation and you really need to get manure spread, don't do it on July 3rd when the landowner is having a picnic on July 4th. <laughs> I know it seems like common sense, but it happens. <laughs> and and landowners get a little upset about that, especially if they don't have an ag background. Now, if they've had an ag background, but more and more our landowners do not have that ag background. They work professional jobs and, you know, they just, they want, they enjoy the, the rural lifestyle and they want to see agriculture succeed but they don't understand it so (laughs) right um 
And so, and you know, if if a farmer is interested in using a service to list their property, or if a beginning farmer wants to um, is looking for a farm and looking for a match, you know, how do they get started? First thing they need to do is go to our website. It's www.pafarmlink.org, and um, it will walk you right through the whole process. It's all done online. You pay online, and you put your information in. And once that's submitted, um, it'll go to our database manager and she'll review everything. And if she has any questions or anything, then she'll contact the person directly and get it ready to go. And it'll be up live as soon as she has all the information in place. Um, we also usually promote it. Our new listings get promoted in our newsletter that goes out and we will put it on Facebook. Usually at one time we'll stick it on Facebook when there's a new listing just to, to get as much as much uh, promotion of it out there as we can. Any interesting listings as of late? <laughs> not that I can think of. Um, not off the top of my head. Like I said, my coworker manages it, so she knows it, the, the database inside and out. I know how it works. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she, she knows the listings kind of like the back of her hand. Well, Michelle Kirk, thank you very much for joining us on the Young Farmer Podcast. Really great information about what I think is a really good program and, uh, and hopefully... Um, Hopefully we get some 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 farmers who are who are interested in, in buying buying a farm or leasing land using your service. I think this is a I think this is a nice service that, that you have available here. Thanks. I appreciate appreciate you having us on and helping to promote this and you know hopefully it'll it'll help us get some some more young farmers out there on farms. Thank you, Michelle. Sure. Take care. For more information on Pennsylvania Farm Link, go to www.pafarmlink.org. We have, a link, we have a link on the episode description, and you can also find more information on the American Agriculturist website. Thanks for listening to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres. We'll see you next time.